Okay, so tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got involved in the disability community. Sure. Um, my name is Casey Ruffin. I'm a, a speech-language pathologist. Um, when I was younger and initially went to college, I thought I wanted to study physics and very quickly, you know, realized that was not going to be for me. And so, you know, in college, I was kind of having this crisis of what am I going to do? What am I going to study? Um, and I was actually just looking in this large book that the college gave you with like all the majors and um, here's all your options here. And so I'm looking through that and a friend was in the room and had mentioned this course that they took. It was like an introductory course to communication sciences and disorders. And I thought that sounded really interesting. And so I signed up for that class the next semester and it just, you know, it just really connected with me. And um, so I kind of was on that path and, you know, they were teaching us about both speech pathology and audiology in that introductory course and in my undergraduate career. But I connected a lot more with speech language pathology and kind of just went with that. Um, and then, you know, since since going to grad school, my journey in speech language pathology has changed quite a lot. I, I thought I wanted to work with adults in the medical setting at first and then found myself in pediatric clinics. Um, and yeah, so it's kind of just been an ongoing journey, um, you know, in the past five years or so with like social media becoming bigger and bigger, I've tried really hard to actually like enter disability community spaces and start really listening to the people in the communities that I serve. And so that's really informed me and how I'm involved and what I'm advocating for. Um, yeah, that's kind of just a, a little bit of background, I guess. Mm -hmm. So tell me about your work in, as a speech language pathologist. What's your day to day like? You know, because like speech language pathology is really big and you yeah. know, different people that I've talked to talk with different clients in different areas and different fields. So I'm wondering what your day to day like is in the SLP world. Sure. Yeah, it is. A, it's a very vast uh, scope of practice. Um, I, I've been working now for 10 years and I currently have my own practice in San Francisco. I'm working by myself um, and I specialize in AAC or augmentative alternative communication. And I work primarily with children and young adults who have developmental disabilities who, for whatever reason, really benefit from having augmentative communication systems, um, including speech generating devices. And I see all of my clients in their homes um, or out in the community um, and just really working on how I can help improve their communication so that they can connect more with um, their families and, and the people around them. Mm -hmm. So like, what, what do you do to like, make sure that a patient is independent and self-sufficient? Because you work with, you know, children and young adults in AAC. So I'm mm -hmm. wondering, because um, like different 
there are certain methods and certain ways to, to deal with people with children, for example, with autism or speech sure. disorders. So I'm wondering what your sort of approach yeah. is. I, I take a very like relationship-based, strength-based approach. Um, and so to do that, I'm really engaging with my clients in their interests um, or in activities that are fun and meaningful to them. Um, so really making sure that the the primary focus of, of our sessions is, is building that connection and having fun and being engaged. Um, and then I also am really trying to, I'm not trying to, I embrace this, you know, multimodal communication approach. So we're honoring all forms of communication, valuing all forms of communication. And I'm trying to also get the people around my clients to embrace that approach also. And then utilizing that client's modes of communication. So if my client is learning how to use an AAC device, I need to also be using that AAC device with them when I'm communicating with them and encouraging their parents and their caregivers and any other team member to be using that mode of communication with them um, so that it's not just one-sided and so that they can see how it's being used and learn how it's being used. Mm -hmm. um, and then really taking advantage of, you know, natural opportunities to, you know, expand their communication or show them how they can communicate something in a more successful way. Our goal is not uh, for me to come in and tell them what to say um, or communicate what I think they should be saying or their parents think they should be saying, but really try to help them communicate what they want to be saying um, in whatever way they want to say it. Because mm -hmm. a lot of parents, they they just don't know. They don't know like where yeah. to turn to and how to like, you know, what strategies they can employ. Because um, I I have this connection to where I have a cousin who who has autism, and so mm -hmm. her parents are kind of like figuring out how to like get her to be more independent and kind sure. of that kind of stuff. So I can re relate to that. Yeah. I think that's a lot of a lot of the modeling and offering choices. And um, certainly when, you know, I can honor all forms of communication, but there are going to be moments where my client is communicating and I, I don't understand what they're trying to say or their parents not understanding what they're trying to say. So in those moments, we're trying to offer an interpretation and, you know, give them why do we think that? So, okay, I see you're you're smiling and you're pointing at the door. So, you know, I that makes me think you want to go somewhere. And then offering some choices like, oh, maybe you want to go to the bathroom or maybe you want to go to the park or maybe you want to go here. But always leaving that door open for something else, something we're not getting. We're trying to give them as many choices as possible, but not making assumptions Um and, and just going with those assumptions because we, those assumptions might be wrong. Mm -hmm. My next question is, um, tell me about the impact that speech language pathology has not only on yourself, but the greater disability community. Sure. Um, you know, there's obviously still a lot of ableism in speech language pathology, just like there is in the other rehab professions and, and society at large. Um, 
I hope what speech language pathology can do for the greater disability community is to provide supports and tools so that people with disabilities can feel empowered um, and feel supported so that they can build and maintain connections with their families, with their you know, communities, with society at large, so that they can participate in their communities more fully um, and just, you know, have a greater quality of life through connection and through communication. Mm -hmm. My last question is, what can students studying SLP or new in or new SLPs that are just new to the field take mm -hmm. away from this conversation? You know, how can they you know, how can they sort of be, you know, that in in that person's success? You know, what what can they do to like, um, I guess you know, have the tools to like really provide what's best for, for each client because each client is different and each mm -hmm. client has different needs. So I'm wondering yeah. what your take is on that. Um, you know, because the scope of speech language pathology is so big, I think it's really important to find an area of the field that you feel passionate about and that you can specialize in and you can be really good at, at that. <laughs> part of the field. I think when you have that knowledge and specialty, you can better serve those clients in that area versus being a big generalist and not having, you know, all of the knowledge in a very specific. So I would encourage a lot of incoming SLPs to, to find those areas of the field that they feel passionate about and kind of go with it so that they can be a better therapist in that area. And I also would really encourage all incoming SLPs, all SLPs at large, to go into those communities um, of the people they're serving, those specific disability communities. If you're working with autistic children, go and listen to autistic adults um, and listen to what they're saying they need from you and how you can better be a better support for them, be a better advocate for them um, so that you can really provide what they need and not just what graduate school teaches you or what um, other research might tell you to do. Mm -hmm. Yep, those are really important. <laughs> mm -hmm.